All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to The Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Chuck joins us. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good, Greg's. The winning streak is over. It's sad, but hey, the sun came up today, Oilers fans. Yeah, no, it's true. It, uh, you know, it's funny. I thought the Oilers actually played better in that game that they lost and some of the wins they'd had, uh, prior to the, to the break. They, you know, and if you look at all the data, they, they outchanced them. They outshot them. They had way more shot attempts. Uh, Aiden Hill was good. Um, I still didn't love, like, I thought Edmonton missed the net on some of their best chances, in fact. So, you know, it's funny. Their offense, even before the break, uh, their coach hinted at it, he thought it was stale. It's funny that when you watch orders right now, they look way more comfortable defensively than they do offensively. It's, it is weird, right? It's a total flip of what we're kind of used to with this team from years past. And it kind of makes me wonder. We've talked about this during this Wednesday hit. I know you and Frank have talked about it on the DFL rundown, what they could do at the deadline, but it's no longer just been kind of like a week of the offense looking stale. You can go back to the early parts of January when they were winning low scoring games against like the Canadians and the Red Wings. And it's like, okay, their offense isn't exactly humming the way we thought it would from the beginning of the season. Maybe you do need to look at going and getting a high powered right winger to give this top six a bit of a jolt. Well, it's definitely, you know, we asked the question earlier. So if you had to rank it, looking at who we think's available, and, uh, you know, a second line right winger, uh, you know, a possible upgrade for CeCe or a fourth line center. 
Right? I think those are probably the three. We know they're going to probably try to get like a number seven D-man, and I think that's probably the easiest one to find and really won't be needed if there's injuries. But, you know, I, I think there's an argument you could make one that, you know, the, the second line right wing, you could argue might be in need more of an upgrade. And it might be the spot where there's the most quality available. Like, I think you could sit there and we've done it and you've done it probably countless times on your show. You're probably sick of it. Oh, is Sean Walker an upgrade? Is Chris Tanev an upgrade? Whether you believe they are or aren't, they aren't slam dunk fits in this Oilers system and slam dunk fits for what the Oilers need. But when you look at that right wing market, if Jake Gensel becomes available, that is an unbelievable fit. And a guy who doesn't become available every single trade deadline. If yeah. Tyler Toffoli becomes available, that's another really interesting one. Travis Konechny in Philly, that would be a guy with term that I think would be really interesting. Even a check down option like a Vladimir Tarasenko, who's apparently on the block in Ottawa. That could be really interesting. Like I think treating that second line right wing spot as your biggest need might be the smart play just because there's more value available in that position. Yeah, and the, and the cost might be less, um, you know. So we'll see. Uh, the other one, and, and and this would be, you know, it, it's there's uncertainty to it because he's never really done it. But I was looking at his numbers against elite players this year. They're actually quite good. I wonder if the orders would try DeHarnay in CC's spot here. Like Vincent DeHarnay's confidence with the puck right now is is massive. You've never seen him make like that play he made to Evander Kane last night. You're just like, what's going on here? Like you never really used to see that from him, well, ever. And so, you know, I just wonder if if that's an option for them. I get that it's you know it's a slippery slope. Nurse and CC have played a ton together. I get all of that, but I just I wonder if that's something that we we see here uh, at some point before the playoffs. Yeah, there's a part of me that sees the hesitancy to mess with the D pairings just because in part due to health, in part due to results, mm -hmm. these D pairings basically stayed the same since Matthias Ekholm came over at last year's deadline. So I get it, but I don't think you're going to do any sort of irreversible damage to the chemistry on any of these pairings by just sitting there and saying, hey, for a two or three game stretch, let's yeah. mix it up a little bit. You know, you guys have been playing with each other for a year. Let's try a new challenge. Let's try a new blend. And I mean, who knows with DeHarnay? He's surprised the Oilers and Oilers fans once already in his career just by going from a late, late round pick, one of the last guys picking his draft class, to an NHLer. That in itself is like a minor miracle when you look at the way the draft usually goes. So why not push him again and see if he can take another step forward it's worth finding out before you go and trade a first round pick for a rental on the blue line yeah it's it's just an, the more i watch him i look and say hey you know what uh because to me cody cc's a fine nhl player i don't you know it's not but you know what it's at times you know as he struggled uh with his, with his puck handling yes he has i don't think that's a, a false statement by any stretch um and so rather than overpay because really outside of chris tanev i'm not sure i see a blatant clear obvious upgrade overall uh, on Cody Cece, right? The, you might get a guy who's a better puck mover, but is he a better defender? Is he going to, you know, when he's smaller guy with no playoff experience, is that really what I'm doing? Like, I don't know if that's what I'd want to do for me personally. Um, Chris Tanev, I can make the argument for, but, you know, other than him, I'm not sure I see one. So maybe you try Vincent DeHarnay and maybe you, you have the internal answer there without even knowing it. Yeah, and I, I mean, hey, if DeHarnay slides up into the lineup and it works and for the next three weeks, him and Nurse are a good pairing and you think you can trust them as we'll call it your second pairing because Ekholm and Bouchard is your top pairing, then maybe you get to the deadline and it's like, okay, you know, if we move out CC and go with a cheaper option on the third pairing, we've now freed up some money and 
now you have more money to spend on the forward group. And maybe there's that little bit of a trickle down effect to the rest of your deadline plans. Yeah. The, the only risk about that is like, I was looking at, like I saw the orders, they moved Barry, but they got Ekholm, which was an upgrade as far as a defender goes. There's no question about that on um, the type of the defender that they needed. And, you know, to, to move a CCL, cause then what happens on March 10th, you get an injury. And now you're like, Oh my God. Now we got, you know, now we got a guy who's played first pair for you know, a top four pair for. 10 games and another guy in our third pair. Now we're, you know what? We don't, now we only got one guy who's a top four. So I, I think they might try to switch and just see if it works because then you kind of, and if you have to go back to Cody Cece, I don't think that him and Darnell Nurse, if they don't play together for three weeks or a month, are suddenly going to forget how to play together. No, and that's exactly what I was saying. You're not going to do any sort of irreversible damage. And yeah, whenever we talk about, or I talk about moving out of Cody Cease or even doing the play that I know Frank has suggested a couple times of, hey, maybe you move on from Kulak and you just try to trust Philip Broberg in that third pairing left D spot. Anytime I talk about that, it's with the caveat of you can only do that if you also have like the backdoor deal for a Nick Sealer or a very good veteran seventh defenseman. Like you can't just totally lose mm-hmm. the depth. But if DeHarnay works in this scenario, Kulak and CeCe is probably too expensive of a third pairing, a bit of a luxury maybe the Oilers can't afford. You would probably be forced to check down on one of those just to fill holes elsewhere. Tyler Ramchuk joins us. Ty, uh, the Oilers have not lost one game in a row all season. When they lose, it's either been two, three, or four in a row. They've never just lost one and found a way to get a win uh, the next game. And it's the Anaheim Ducks. I know it's a team they've dominated, but I look at the orders now, and to me, that's the that's the next thing. They've had all these big winning streaks are great, but now they've got to get to the point where if they have a loss, which inevitably is going to happen, they can't let it turn into a losing streak, which they have at every other occasion this year. Yeah, and it's weird because, again, 16 in a row, you think, hey, that should have built them up a little bit of good grace or whatever with the fan base, but... If you don't go take care of business on Friday, all of a sudden you're going into the Crypto.com Arena in L.A. against a Kings team who's playing under their new head coach for the first time coming out of the break on Saturday. You know that Kings team's going to be especially fired up to beat you just the same way Vegas was last night. There's a weird amount of pressure on Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks. Even though it's Anaheim, I think, like you said, this group needs to prove that, hey, yeah, the winning streak was great and, okay, tough loss on uh, on Tuesday night, but we're not going to let it snowball. The way they, quite frankly, let it snowball after their first eight-game winning streak, and then, boom, bing, 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 they lost three in a row, and we were back to asking the same questions that we were before that heater back in December. So I do think, again, it's weird because it's a game against Anaheim, but there's a little bit of pressure in that matchup on Friday night. Yeah, I, uh, you're going Pickard on Friday, right? And Skinner on Saturday? Yeah, I think that's got to be a no-brainer. And hey, listen, it's not like one of those back-to-backs where sometimes they say, hey, always start your number one guy in the first game, even if it's a, in air quotes, bad uh, opponent. I know there's no true bad matchups in the NHL, but I get maybe going with Skinner and saying, hey, let's make sure we get these two points in the bank. But no, that game on Saturday is big. You you would want to kick the LA Kings when you're down, and you, that's a four-point swing. They're still within range of you in the Pacific Division. So yeah, you go pick it on Friday night, Skinner Saturday. Ty, have a good one, my man. We'll uh, chat with you tomorrow. Thanks, Rick. There you go. That's uh, Tyler. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.